Hello everyone and welcome to the program. Tonight we're going to be discussing the Honeymooners TV show. The Honeymooners was based in 1955 to 1956 and it was created by uh, Jackie Gleason. Now since the airing of the Honeymooners they have had several reunions plus they had also had a couple movies um, based on the Honeymooners. Now of course the movie series is you know they were made I believe around the early 2000s and they had different uh actors by then you know jackie gleason all them had passed on so they had uh uh, different actors to play in the honeymooners uh movies um the honeymooners is an american television sitcom which i would which i would say it was because i don't know if they're ever going to produce any more honeymooners movies or tv shows or whatever the case may be But it goes on to say it's an American television sitcom, which originally aired from 1955 to 1956. It was created and starring uh, Jackie Gleason and based on a recurring comedy sketch of the same name that had been part of Gleason's variety show. It follows the lives of New York City bus driver Ralph Cramden, which was played by Gleason, his wife Alice, which was played by Audrey Meadows, and his best friend Ed Nort, which was played by Art Carney, and his wife was uh, Joyce Randolph. As they get involved with various schemes in their day-to-day living, him and Ralph, mostly him and Ralph, most episodes revolved around Ralph's uh, poor choices and uh, things he got in bad dilemmas, uh, which he had uh, messed up on and all this nonsense, other kind of nonsense, but you know how uh, comedy shows are. Um, It says, which frankly uh, shows his... His attitude in uh, different kinds of tones, uh, being a comedian as he is, comedian as he is, the show o- occasionally features more serious issues such as women's rights and social uh, impositions. Now, the show only lasted one year, from 1955 to 1956. Now, I think the show should have should have continued. Uh, it was a great show. I believe it was a great show. It's just basic comedy. It wasn't really much to it sort of like the way the Seinfeld show is of the mid 1990s it was more of a basic comedy and they could relate to everybody that's the thing about it just like Seinfeld could relate to everybody but the show wasn't really nothing to like you know they weren't out really to prove anything they were just you know a bunch of actors making a good show which I believe and it would still I still think that show would continue uh, to this very day um, it was a sitcom. It started. Uh, it was created by Jackie Gleason. Um, the starring uh, Jackie Gleason, Audrey Meadows, Art Carney, Joyce Randolph, and uh, Perk Kelton. I don't know who actually Perk Kelton is. I only know who the four artists are. The the comedy artist that uh, was in the show. Jackie Gleason did the theme music for this, and Bill Templeton was a composer. Uh, the song was You're My Greatest Love is the name of the opening theme. Uh, now, the ending theme was You're My Greatest Love extended version. Um, composers was Sammy Spear and Jackie Gleason, which Jackie Gleason, he was really a good uh, comedian artist. He was also a good uh, stage actor. He was also in the um, uh, the um, Burt Reynolds movies, The Smoking and the Bandit. He played the uh, sheriff, Buford T. Justice, in the uh, um, in the um, Smoking and the Bandit films. I believe he was in all three of them, if I'm not mistaken. 
there was 39 total episodes was the uh was the list of episodes 39 uh number of seasons one and it, it's really sad because it was a really good show and it and it and i believe it could, it could still last today and and uh it's sad that it went off the air and i i don't really know the reason why it did because i think it did really really well it is it um broadcast from october 1st 1955 to september 22nd 1956 it said the sketches first aired on the Dumont Network's variety series Cavalcade of Stars, which Gleason hosted. Uh, it was on the CBS Network's The Jackie Gleason Show, which was broadcast live in front of a theater audience. The popularity of the sketches led Gleason to rework The Honeymooners as a filmed half-hour series, which debuted on October 1st, 1955 on CBS. That replaced the Variety Series. It was initially a rating success as the number two show in the United States, fixing stiff competition from the Perry Como show on NBC. Gleason's show eventually dropped to number 19, and production ended after 39 episodes, now referred to as the classic 39 episodes. The final episode of The Honeymooners aired on 22nd of September, 1956. And Gleason uh, revived the characters until 1978. Now, that was um, when they had brought out the um, the reunion episodes. I believe there was probably two or three that was made. If you go on, you could see those um, reunion episodes on, um, uh, I believe it's on, I'm not sure if YouTube carries it, but I know that um, Amazon Prime has it. And they're actually pretty good. Now, the one that they do have on Amazon Prime, the second one, I think, the later episodes, now that had two different, um, that had two, I believe it had two different uh, wives that was on there. I'm not sure if Joyce Randolph and Audrey Meadows was on there. I'm not really quite sure. I, it's been several years since I saw it, but I do remember it was pretty good. Um, the Honeymooners was one of the first U.S. television shows to portray working class married couples in a gritty uh, non-idyllic manner, non-idyllic manner, as the show was mostly set in the Cramden's kitchen in a neglected Brooklyn apartment building. Now, see, if you ever watch The Honeymooners now, like I said before, they weren't out to uh, really, I guess, impress anybody. They wanted to impress everybody with their comedy, but they didn't have, like, these glamour sets. You know, the and the glamour sets weren't, uh, you know, like, you look at the Beverly Hillbillies. They had a glamour set with that big mansion. Well, the honeymooners went out to do that. They were just out to make get laughs. And and I believe they succeeded with that. And I wish that the show had never ended because I tell you what, I can watch those episodes and I've seen them hundreds and hundreds and thousands of times, and I could still sit there and watch them, and they're just so funny. And the thing about it is they weren't um, they weren't embarrassed about what kind of jobs they had. Like Ralph was a bus driver and Ed Norton worked in a sewer. He wasn't, neither one of them was scared to say what kind of employment that they did. You know, especially working in the sewer, you know, you would think, why would I want to tell anybody work in the sewer? But that what, that what brought the uh, ambiance to the show about Ed Norton working in the sewer. It was just plain funny. <laughs> 
Now, the plot, um, it says most of the honeymooners takes place in Ralph and Allison's Cramden's um, small uh, furnished two-room two apartment. Other settings used in the show included the Gotham Bus Company, Depot, the Raccoon Lodge, a neighborhood pool parlor, a park bench where Ralph and Ed occasionally met for lunch, and on occasion, the Norton's apartment. Always noticeably better furnished than the Cramden's. Many episodes begin with a shot of Alice in the apartment, awaiting Ralph's arrival from work. Most episodes focus on Ralph and Ed's characters. Although Alice played a big role, Trixie played a smaller role in the series and did not appear in every episode as did the other three. Each episode presented a self-contained story, which originally um, carried over into a uh, significant one. The show employed a number of standard sitcom uh, people and plots, particularly those of jealousy, get-rich-quit schemes, and comic misunderstandings. Now, see, Alf, not Alf, <laughs> Ralph always tried to get in these uh, get-rich-quit schemes, and he always backfired on them. It goes on to say, as to the occasional plot continuings, there were two such sequences, one concerning Ralph being sent to a psychiatric uh, because of impatient behavior during work that resulted in several uh, passengers logging complaints about his professional demeanor and one that continued for two sequel uh, sequel, sequel shows in which Aunt Ethel visited, visited and Ralph hatched a scheme to marry her off to the neighborhood butcher. The series presents Ralph as a every man and an underdog who struggles to make a better life for himself. And see, this is the reason why I think everybody can relate to this, especially the people that um, don't have much in life. You know, it's sort of like that um, Al Bundy kind of thing. You know, your life is better than him. He works at a shoe store. So your life is better than him. <laughs> you can't get any lower than uh, than Al Bundy. But it says that, you know, like I said, it says that uh, every man and an underdog who struggles to make a better life for himself, and that was definitely Ralph. He wanted to make a better life for himself and his wife, but who immediately falls due to his own shortcomings. He often, along with Ed, devises a number of get-rich-quick schemes, none of which succeed. Ralph would, be, Ralph would be quick to blame others for his misfortunes until it was pointed out to him where he had fallen short. Ralph's anger then would be uh, replaced by short-lived remorse, and he would apologize for his actions. Many of these apologies to Alice ended with Ralph saying in a heartfelt manner, Baby, you're the greatest, followed by a hug and a kiss. In most episodes, Ralph's short temper got the best of him, leading him to yell at others and then to threaten comical physical violence, usually against Alice. That's why the party always says you want to go to the moon, that kind of thing. Ralph's favorite threats to her were, one of these days, one of these days, pow, right in the kisser, or to knock her uh, to the moon, Alice. So that's what I just said about the moon. Sometimes this last threat was simply abbreviated as bang, zoom. On other occasions, Ralph simply told Alice, Oh, uh, are you going to get yours? All this led to criticism more than 40 years later that the show displayed as an ironic acceptance of domestic violence. But Ralph never carried out his threats, and others have pointed out that Alice knew he never would because 
of their deep love for each other. Retaliation, the targets of Ralph's verbal abuse, often responded by simply joking about his weight, a common theme throughout the series. Alice never was seen to back down during any of Ralph's trades, and that's true. She would always stick to her guns, always why. She would always be a strong, uh, level-headed woman, would always stick to her guns. For the classic 39 episode of The Honeymooners, there were no continuing story. Each episode is self-contained. For example, in the series premiere episode TV or not TV, Ralph and Norton buy a television set with the intent to share it. By the next week's show, the set is gone, although in later episodes, a set is shown in the Norton's apartment in the installments. The babysitter, this it's in, uh, called the installments of babysitter. The Crammons get a telephone, but in the next episode, it is gone. And in the episode of Dog's Life, Alice gets a dog from the pound, which uh, Ralph tries to return. But in the end, Ralph finds himself growing to love the dog and decides to keep it, along with a few other dogs. However, the next episode, the dogs are nowhere to be seen and are never referred to again. Occasionally, uh, references to earlier episodes were made, including to Ralph's various crazy harebrained schemes. For the lost episodes, Norton Sleepwalking and the Sleepwalker, that was funny. That was a real hysterically funny one. Uh, in the Sleepwalker was referred in Oh My Aching Back, but it was not until the 1967 trip to Europe shows that a honeymooner story arc is finally used. Now that was uh the the your trip was actually pretty good. I get I think they went on like a game show or something and won this and they spent several weeks uh in Europe and that was pretty funny those episodes. I think it carried on for like 5 or 6 weeks or so. Um in July of 1950 Jackie Gleason took over as the host of Cavalcade of Stars a variety show that aired on the struggling Dumont television network. After the first year, he and his writers, Harry Crane and Joe Bigelow, developed a sketch that drew upon uh, familiar domestic situations for its material based on the popular radio show, The Bickersons. Gleason wanted a realistic portrayal of life for a poor husband and wife living in Brooklyn. His home uh, in Brooklyn, the couple had, would continually argue, but immediately show their love for each other. After rejecting titles such as The Beast and The Lovers, and The Couple Next Door, Gleason and his staff settled on The Honeymooners. Gleason took the role of Ralph Cramden, a uh, bus driver, and he chose veteran comedy movie actress Perk Kelton for the role of Alice Cramden. Ralph's, uh, that, okay, that's who that was. That was the one... Perk Campton was the one that was in the first episode, and they re replaced her with uh, with uh, Audrey Meadows. Uh, the Honeymooners made its debut, uh, debut on October 5th, 1951, as a six-minute sketch. Ensemble cast member Art Carney made a brief appearance as a police officer who gets hit with flour Ralph had thrown out the window. The tone of these early sketches was much darker than the later series with Ralph uh, extreme bitterness and frustration with his marriage to an equally bitter and uh, middle-aged woman, Kelton. Kelton was nine years older than uh, Gleason. The Cranman's fi financial struggles married those of Gleason's early life in Brooklyn, and he took great pains to duplicate, duplicate, uh, duplicate, well, any glasses 
on set of the interior of the apartment where he grew up, right down to his boyhood, address of 328 Chauncey, Chauncey Street. The Cranmans and uh, later the Nortons, uh, when those characters were added, are childless, an issue only occasionally ex- explored, but a condition on which Gleason insisted Ralph and Alice did legally adopt a baby girl whom they named Ralphina. Because he actually wanted a baby boy, he could name after himself. Uh, but fell in, he fell in love with the baby girl the agency had placed with them. However, the biological mother requested to have her baby returned, and the agency asked whether the Cramptons would be willing to do to do so, even though they were the legal parents. Ralph argued and stated that. They would visit her, and she would have a real-life Santa Claus every Christmas. A few later skits had Ralph mistakenly believed for a while that Alice was pregnant. Now, I actually watched that show the other day, that episode. It was actually really good. Early cast additions and later sketches were upstairs neighbors Ed and Trixie Norton. Ed was played by Carney, who was a sewer worker and Ralph's best friend, although his innocent in, in nature was a source of many arguments between the two. Trixie made name never mentioned. Ed's wife, originally portrayed by Elaine Stritch, uh, she was a dancer but was replaced after just one appearance by the more wholesome-looking Joyce Randolph. Trixie is a foil to Ed, just as Alice is for Ralph. Um, And they're almost always off-screen. Due in part to the colorful array of characters Gleason invented, including the cast of the Honeymooners Cavalcade Stars, became a huge success for Dumont, increased its audience share from 9 to 25%. Gleason's contract with uh, Dumont expired in the summer of 1952, and the financially struggling network, which suffered through 10 uh, layoffs from July through October 1953, was unable to resign him, so he moved on to CBS. And that's basically where uh, they ended their uh, series at was in uh, on CBS. CBS president uh, William S. Pauley in July 1952 made sure the cast of the former Dumont ensemble that was becoming the Jackie Gleason show embarked on a highly successful five-week promotional tour across the United States, performing a variety of musical numbers and sketches, including the popular Honeymooners. However, actress Perk Kelton, who played Alice Cramden in other roles, was blacklisted at the time and was replaced on the tour by Beulah actress Ginger Jones, who was also uh, blacklisted, having earlier been named on the Red Channel's blacklist by CBS. All this political uh, meant yet another new Alice was needed. Jones' replacement was Audrey Meadows, known for her work in the 1951 Broadway musical Top Banana and on the Bob and Ray television show. However, before being cast for CBS, Meadows had to overcome Gleason's reservations about uh, her being too attractive to make a credible Alice. To accomplish this, she hired a photographer to come to her apartment early in the morning and take pictures of her wearing no makeup, uh, clad in a torn house coat, and with her hair undone. When the pictures were delivered to Gleason, he looked at them and said, that's our Alice. What is explained who it was, Gleason reportedly said, any dame who has a sense of humor. 
Okay, any dame who has a sense of humor like that deserves the job. With the addition of Meadows, uh, the new iconic Honeymooners uh, lineup group of uh, Gleason, Carney, Meadows, and Randolph was in place. The rising popularity of the Honeymooners was reflecting its increasing prominence of the sketches as part of the Jackie Gleason Show variety lineup. During the first season, it appeared on a regular basis, although not weekly, as a series of short sketches ranging in length from 7 to 13 minutes. For the 1953 to 54 season, the shorter sketches were outnumbered by ones that ran for a half hour or longer, playing off its growing popularity during the 1954 through 55 season. Most episodes of the Jackie Gleason show consisted entirely of the honeymooners. Uh, fans' response became overwhelming. Meadows received hundreds of curtains and aprons in the mail from fans who wanted to help Alice lead a fancier life. By January 1955, the Jackie Gleason show was competing with and sometimes beating I Love Lucy as the most watched TV show in the United States. Audience members lined up around the block hours in advance to attend the show. The classic 39 episodes of the uh, Honeymooners are the ones that originally aired as a weekly half-hour sitcom on CBS from October 1955 to September 1956. Uh, before Gleason's initial three-year contract with CBS expired, he was offered a much larger one by CBS and General Motors Buick Division. The car maker having dropped their sponsorship of uh, Milton Burrell's uh, Buick Burrell uh, Buick Burrell show after two seasons on NBC. Three-year contract reportedly valued at $11 million. Wow, $11 million in the 1950s. That's a, that's a lot of money. Was at the time one of the largest in show business history. It called for Gleason to produce 78 film episodes of The Honeymooners over two seasons with an option for a third season of 39 more. He was scheduled to receive $65,000 for each episode. $70,000 per episode in the second season. They had to pay all production costs out of that amount. Art Carney received $3,500 per week. Audrey Meadows, $2,000. Joyce Randolph, who did not appear in every episode, $500 per week. Production for The Honeymooners was handled by Jack Lisa and Enterprises and Company, which also produced the show's lead-in stage show, which starred the Dorsey Brothers. Reportedly, only uh, Audrey Meadows, who later became a banker, received uh received uh, residuals when the class of 39 episodes were rebroadcast in syndication uh reruns her brother edward a lawyer had inserted language to the effect into her contract however however joyce randolph who played trixie norton did not receive royalty payments when the lost honeymoon uh honeymooners episodes from the variety, variety show were released the first episodes of the new half-hour series aired on uh, Saturday, October 1st, 1955 at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time during prime time, opposite of the Perry Como show on NBC. Because it was sponsored by Buick, the opening credits originally ended with a sponsor identification by announcer Jack Lasalle. Lasalle. Brought to you by your Buick dealer, and away we go. And the show concluded with a brief uh, Gleason sales pitch for the company. All common practices at the time, however, all references to the car maker were removed from the show uh, when it entered uh, syndication in 1957. 
Although, in a way we go, was a phrase Gleason frequently used in various shows, as inscribed at his gravesite as his memorial cast phrase. The initial uh, critical uh, reaction to the half-hour sitcom Honeymooners was mixed. The New York, New York Times of Broadcasting and tele, Telecasting magazine wrote that it was a labored and lacked the, the uh, spontaneity of the live sketches, but TV Guy praised it as a rock-a-lowing, slapsticky, and fast-paced comedy. In February 1956, the show was moved to the 8 p.m. Uh, time slot, but had already begun losing viewers to the, hu- uh, to the hugely popular Perry Como show. Gleason's writers had also begun to feel com- confined by the restricted half-hour format. In previous seasons, Honeymooner sketches typically ran 35 minutes or more, and Gleason felt they were beginning to run out of original ideals. So just after one season, Gleason and CBS uh, agreed to cancel the Honeymooners, which aired its 39th episode and last original episode on September 22nd, 1956. In explaining his decision to end the show, with seven million, uh, seven million remaining on his contract, Gleason said the excellence of the material could not be maintained, and I had no, I had too much fondness for the show to uh, cheapen it. Gleason said. Gleason uh, sold the films of the classic thirty-nine episodes of the show to CBS for one point five million. Well, there you have it, folks. I hope everybody enjoyed. Um, this uh podcast of the story of the honeymooners and if you get a chance check out the honeymooners uh you'll i guarantee you'll laugh it's it's really hysterically funny i want to thank everybody for stopping in well i want to thank everybody for listening to my podcast tonight and everybody have a safe and wonderful evening and good night